I'm sure I'm not alone in this. We've all done it. Talk to our pals in school, at college, or the workplace even. Or even the bar. Wherever. After watching this week's offering of pro wrestling and talked about what you would do differently. The following episode of the Nitrogen Podcast is proudly brought to you by Promotion Wars. The free wrestling sim where you can book matches, title changes, feuds and way more. Promotion Wars is a free wrestling management simulator that has been brought up to date for 2021. Born 16 years ago, the game now features over 1,900 wrestlers, thousands of venues, over 280 pre-built match types, 21 promotions and the chance to create your own independent company from scratch. Just think football manager, but for the wrestling world. You can download it for free today at promwars.co.uk, P-R-O-M-W-A-R-S.co.uk. So why don't you try what you've always talked about and armchair book your promotion to the top of the wrestling world. You are listening live to the boys from the Nitro Gen podcast. Of course, it's me, Marvelous Mark Ashworth, and it's bodacious Brian Radshaw down the road, as always, in lovely, sunny, it's actually raining, uh, Darwin down here. And if you're wondering what that opening is all about, it's a little bit of Tony Schiavone on this episode of Nitro, completely fluffing the opening. Um, no idea why he had to say you three times. But hey ho, it's live TV, and that's what happens. Today we're covering Nitro number 42, I think it is, date July 1st, 1996, the venue US Arena in Landover in Maryland. And before we reach this, not before we reach, I'm going to redo that, before we start on this episode of WCW Monday Nitro, how is life over there, Mr. Bradshaw? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, It's funny that you actually did that, that was a really good uh, intro. Because uh, that is the first thing I wrote down. And, uh, Larry doing his best YouTube uh, YouTube poop impression. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like somebody's seen the uh, uh, classic rock uh, mocking the big show, and it's just going, just fast forward and rewinding. Fucking brilliant. Really bizarre. I thought, okay, if this is the way they're starting this WCW Nitro, then fucking hell, we're going to have a lot to write about here. Um, I'm yeah, just going to throw sure. it out there. I did a better job than Tony Schiavone did in 1996 there, so there you go. It's good to it's good to know that everything's all right over there, Mr. Bradshaw, because it's been a bit of a weird week this week, or a, a bit of a weird couple of weeks since we last dropped our episode of the Nitrogen Podcast. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening in. Once again, we've had so many downloads, so many streams, I'm just getting notification after notification through the email into the inbox, letting us know that people all around the world are still listening to our Lancashirian dialect. Um it's quite humbling to know that we're almost a year in and we've got so many people listening to us just babble shit about WCW and life in general, Brian. Ah, yeah. Uh, we tend to just go off topic, particularly when we're doing our watch-alongs. We just talk random shit and it, it, it is really nice to know that people aren't really put off with that because I look at reviews of podcasts. I haven't really seen many reviews of ours. Uh, I think if anybody brought that up, I'd be a little bit horrified, very self-conscious <laughs> as I am. But, like, a lot of podcasts, the reviews are, oh, they just talk random shit and I don't like it, just get on to the thing. Like, for me, 
we are human beings, we're not robots, we have feelings, we have thoughts, and sometimes you've got to deviate from the, the, the core subject and just, like what we do, talk shit. Yeah, pretty much, and I will disclaim right now that me and Brian actually haven't properly spoken for a couple of weeks, maybe, um, so if we do babble shit in this episode of the Nitrogen Podcast, it's simply because we have not spoke at de- in depth. We've been busy as fuck. There's been all kinds of shit going on. And I'm, I'm talking, apart from the fact of this brilliance of Piers Morgan walking off his own fucking TV show on Tuesday morning, which I found fucking hilarious, then there's fucking Sharon Osbourne, then there's fucking Gary Lineker, all these people that I just really don't like, sticking up for a guy that I really don't like. Honestly, if I was into that sort of thing i would just sit there and vigorously masturbate over this because it's just <laughs> glorious i loved it and then let's talk about the massive news that has dropped it's been announced that uh the wwe hall of fame are going to induct molly holly aka miss mona when she was in wcw and this is first of all let me say this is ridiculous that she's not in sooner but let me say this is fucking fantastic yeah i i my views on the hall of fame are as thus, I I'm not really a big fan of it. It's not you know not to quote Honky Tonk Man, who's actually in it. You know, it's not a Hall of Fame. You know, <laughs> if you ever if you've not seen that uh, that rant, you know, look it up. Uh, Stuart's interview. I can't remember who he did the shoot interview with, but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. But he does have some valid points. It's not it's not really a Hall of Fame. It's just uh, it's uh, in effect Vince McMahon's kiss my ass club. Yeah, and uh, until you actually get a proper Hall of Fame, I'm not calling it a Hall of Fame. But it's good to see wrestlers get appreciated for what they do. And Molly Holly is one of those people, particularly of that time, like a lot of the divas of that time, that was this was just there for either the eye candy or to be put fun of. And it, it's such a shame that she had to go through that because she's such a ridiculously good wrestler and. Honestly, one of the nicest people in wrestling. So the fact that they're honoring her, I'm happy for her. I really am. And I'm happy in general that she's being honoured. Yeah, it's nice to see people like that honoured. Like you said, she's a a, a genuinely nice person from all that that I've seen. Uh, Obviously, we get to cover her coming into WCW sometime in 1999. Uh, Obviously, you know, throughout WCW doesn't have a women's division. Russo tries something, you know, in 99 and and 2000. And again, we'll get to that. So stick with us, folks, because obviously we're going to get to that at some point. But uh, Mona, as she was in WCW, um, Nora Greenwald, I think her real name is. Is That That is, yeah, Nora Greenwald. Um, And I'm not even going to deny, like, when she was in WCW, I had a massive crush on her. When she was uh, with... uh, Shane Helms, and she had the you know the, the long blonde hair and everything like that before it went short. I still had a crush on her and her thighs. I don't know why, but I, I just had this attraction to her thighs. <laughs> she worked out, but she didn't work out to the point where she she looked overly uh, ripped. But she worked out to not to the not to a point where you just should not mess with her at all. She might be a nice lady, but I'm pretty sure she could crack walnuts between them thighs. Absolutely no way you should mess with that lady. Brilliant, brilliant that she's getting inducted. Uh, and I love the way that they did it as well. So they did it on the WWE bump show, but they had Shane Helms um, on a Zoom call with her announcing that she was going into it and you could see the genuine joy in her face that it's like, oh my God, you know, and that's just that's just beautiful to see. Yeah, the, the Hall of Fame for what it is, it, it does mean a lot to the wrestlers. You know, they, they like to be acknowledged for what they do and, 
you know, especially with someone like her has gone through the shit that she has, and many other wrestlers that have gone through the, through similar things, to actually be appreciated, it that's all it is. It's validation for their career, you know. And I can I can understand why they would be upset if they constantly passed over for it. I mean, China was one of those women. I mean, God bless her soul. She. She all she wanted was to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's what she wanted. Just like okay, my career with WWE ended on a very sour note, and shit's gone down since. And I've made mistakes, and they've made mistakes. But the least you can do is induct me into the Hall of Fame for what I did for your company, and give give an explanation part of my career. It, it's a way of like bowing out of wrestling in a way, and. Yeah, we need to see more of this. There's so many people that are deserving of being in the Hall of Fame and they want to be in the Hall of Fame. So if, if you think, and, and if we universally as fans can agree that they deserve it, then why not? Like, I don't see petty why petty feuds should get in between that. Yeah, I completely agree. And because you'll probably know the answer to this, is China in the Hall of Fame? Um, For me... I'd say she is and she isn't. She has been given some kind of recognition by going in the Hall of Fame as part of DX. Right. And even China's mum said that she would have loved that. She would have been happy with that. But for me, as, as, as important as she was as part of DX, it's nothing compared to her singles career. I mean, she agree. broke yep. so many boundaries for women in wrestling. Yep. Like, she was fucking wrestling men. She was the Intercontinental Champion. She was the first woman to hold a men's title in WWE. And that means a fucking lot. It, it really does. So when you look yeah. at how WWE have treated people and their backwards views, even to this day, for them to allow something like that to happen under their roof is incredible. And, yeah, it, it, it's an award for her. They gave her that... Their, uh, that title, you know, we know we know it's a work, guys. But at the end of the day, it's a reward is a, re- a reward. It's a reward for something, you know. They rewarded her for being who she was as a wrestler and for for drive as well. Um, yeah, so I would like to see her be honoured as a singles competitor. However, it's still nice that she ha- has been honoured considering everything that they went through. Right, I, I didn't know she hadn't got in singles, so um, there you are. If anybody's listening, you know, posthumously, China needs to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. J- I mean, I don't know how you don't, to be honest. There's some people that have gone into that Hall of Fame. We've, we've said that, we said this, I think we said this last year. Um, I think we said this like on one of the first episodes that we ever did, is that the, the Hall of Fame, you know, there's some really bizarre people in there. You know, Donald Trump, Snoop Dogg going in when, when Sting went in, the same class, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, but people like China aren't in it. I yeah. mean, come on. Drew Carey can go in for fucking facing up to Kane in the Royal Rumble and then throwing money at him and then throwing himself over the top rope. Because he's <sighs> had no other impact on wrestling at all apart from that. Like, yeah. You, you've, you, why? Why is he in the Hall of Fame? And I mean, I love Drew Carey; he's brilliant. But why the fuck is he? Why the fuck is he, is he there? Like when he was inducted, he was booed for fuck's sake. That yeah. goes to show you that even though as beloved as he is, he's like he's in a place where he does not belong. Yeah, I completely agree there as well. Um, yeah. uh, the, I think one of the uh, very first inductees into the Hall of Fame was a limo driver for Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. 
that's the statute of limitations. People say Coco Beware is the statute of limitations with the Hall of Fame. No, he's fucking limo driver. Vincent Mann's limo driver is the statute of limitations. If he can get in, who fucking can't? Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, we've got we've got that little bit out of the way. There is one more piece of business that we kind of need to discuss. Obviously, again, this is coming off the back end of. Uh, AEW's pay-per-view on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> so I've got to tell you, obviously it aired at 1am in the UK and we obviously... Brian, I think, Brian, you watched it live? Did you watch it live? I, I, I was off work on Monday, like every Monday really. I don't work Monday, so I watched it live and uh, yeah. yeah, it was a, a fun night, but yeah. maybe for the wrong reasons or wrong <laughs> reason. So I, I was in work at nine o'clock, which means I had to start my commute. Well, I started getting up at like seven, half past seven, and start my commute at about 10 to eight. And I'd managed to avoid all the spoilers all day, not check Twitter once. I even found myself like clicking the Twitter button. This this shows I've got a bit of an addiction to Twitter, it seems. Um, and I had a couple of pieces of business as well, which which are unrelated to the podcast, so I won't bore you in. But um, oh no, no we'll, we'll, we'll save it till next week, actually. There's a little bit of business in there, and we'll save it till next week. Um, so yeah I found myself checking Twitter and then quickly getting off it because Twitter seems to have this habit now of just hanging on a, um, on a blue screen for like a few seconds and at that point I realised no get off it get off it don't check it don't check it so I'd survived until 8.50pm and then my mate sent me a link uh, to watch it because again it's hard to watch in the UK so it was on uh, Daily Motion so it was on Daily Motion and the first video that came up in Daily Motion was a recommended video from WrestleTalk TV that spoiled the surprise. And I sat there and sulked. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you can ask Beth. Um, I just sat there, put Grey's Anatomy back on the TV because she loves that program. And I sulked. Uh, I sat there and ate my what's-its, drank my Pepsi, and just folded my arms and, and sulked. I decided about half an hour later that I would watch the Sting match and that I would watch the surprise uh, I did watch some of the main event as well and the ending. Uh, what did you think to the Sting match? I'm going to ask you first and foremost because this is a WCW podcast. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. And Sting, his first match in how many years? Five five years is it now? Oh, fucking hell. I, I, I honestly can't remember when he last wrestled. It's probably around about that, maybe a little bit longer, maybe six yeah. or seven years. Uh, actually, now that you mentioned it, I think someone actually tweeted out the other day that it was, it was his first match in seven years. So... Yeah, wow. that might be wrong, that but I'm just... That by. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Um, I actually did tweet out uh, about the match, uh, saying that I enjoyed the action itself, I enjoyed the, c- the cinematic action and the way it was filmed, just everything about it I really, really liked. I liked Taz's commentary. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the commentary in general, but, you know, even JR, because he was uh, quite quiet that night. Uh, <laughs> he had a frog in his throat so he, he was saving his voice what was left of it but uh, yeah so he had Taz commentating over it he had a ominous music in the background as well and yeah I liked him individually but as a collective it, it took me out of it a little bit like at, at one point I was just think I'm like can Taz just shut the fuck up I like I am enjoying what he's doing but can he shut <laughs> the fuck up because this is meant to be a cinematic match they shouldn't be commentating on it like it's live for yeah. me, you know, I would have rather Taz have been there in the recording, just shooting, uh, just shooting the shit, you know, just completely shooting on on Sting or ever on the mic. It would have been, it would have had the same effect, but it would have been better if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but 
that little gripe out the way, I fucking loved it. I really enjoyed it. Like, as far as cinematic matches go, I mean, I haven't really enjoyed many of them. I enjoyed the Undertaker AJ Styles one. And then yeah. after that, um, I saw the Money in the Bank one, which I said was fun. But it wasn't something that I would class as wrestling, if you know what I mean. It, it was fun for the wrong reasons. Um, apart from that, I haven't, I haven't seen the the stadium ball match, whatever it was called. I haven't seen that. I've seen highlights of it. It, it seems to be very polarizing. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people absolutely fucking hated it. There was one on NXT that was ugh, shocking. It was. It just wasn't entertaining at all. Um, but this, you know, it it was. It, it was just perfectly shot. So I can say it was perfectly shot. It was fun. There was some really risky looking bumps in it as well from Darby Allen the fucking uh, the the leap the leap of faith that he did t- towards the end yeah. that was he just disappeared he was brilliant yeah. uh, the fucking it, I, I did laugh at this the the ring ring of rose who's fucking swinging to the into the window panes <laughs> you know it was ludicrous like the I, thing I, about the thing about that not ring ring rose. Sorry, not ring ring rose. It's a leg on a swing. Sorry, <laughs> leg on a swing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing the thing about that spot was that he's gone crashing through it, and it's just like, oh, I bet that hurt. But then the thing falls on his head like straight <laughs> after, and I was like, that wasn't part of that spot, was it? <laughs> no. But what a tough fucking son of a bitch, Darby Allen is for doing that. Yeah, I tell you, man, for a guy that's like such a small stature for a for a wrestler uh, and i've always thought this like he just he's just almost kiddie in the way that he is when he stood against people that are obviously normal wrestlers um fair fucks to him man he, he he impressed me big time that guy will take anything and he has no fucking qualms about it he lets people just fucking throw him around into anything and he'll like you said the, the big fucking spot at the end uh he'll do shit like that and yeah um, brilliant. He, he really impressed me. I I, I liked it as well. Uh, I think it was a good way to get round Sting's uh, limitations. limitations. Yeah. yeah, and obviously he covered himself up as well. But aside from that, the the old half and half with the face paint, the, the pair of them did, and everything like that. The the entrance was pretty cool as well. I quite like that. Although I don't think anything will top his WrestleMania entrance. Maybe no. the Starcade '97 entrance. Uh, that's that's going to stick out in my head, but. You know that WrestleMania entrance was just something else. Uh, as much as they dropped the ball with him, uh, we'll we'll move on next to the to the uh, main event uh, and the subsequent finish. I mean, what what can you offer? <laughs> yeah, well, I I tuned out at the main event because um, if you're into this sort of thing, I'm not judging you guys. I really ain't. Uh, some people think I'm a little bit preachy when I talk about death matches. Uh, I'm not being preachy. I'm just telling you my preference. I find those kind of matches quite depressing. Um, I don't like the image of people brutally, bitterly cutting themselves open for the sake of our entertainment. I mean, I applaud the balls that they have for doing that shit. They obviously, um, they're obviously fucking saying this. They're saying this. Let's be, let's be fucking honest. Like they want, they actually want to do that and enjoy doing that. They're fucking saying this. But the fact that they actually do that for our entertainment, I do appreciate it. I really do. And I appreciate the art of the deathmatch because of that. However, I just don't find them entertaining. I find them quite depressing. Um, I, I, I have watched some in the past and enjoyed them. But the older and wiser that I get, and I'm not saying people that enjoy it aren't wise, but I'm very, very sensitive in, in my ways 
particularly like mental health things and I can't get out of my own head that when when I'm watching somebody do shit like that, then I'm thinking like, yeah, they're not they're not mentally right. And that is wrong of me. It's wrong of me to say that, but that's just who I am. Like I it's I don't know, it's just depressing and so I just tuned out for it. Like I I, I was more like, let them do what they do. I'll keep I'll keep track on it on Twitter, and if there's anything that comes up that's that looks remotely interesting, or the ending, particularly the ending, because I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, I was I was interested in to see how it was gonna finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would tune in for that. I would just over what the blood and gore in the fucking ring, and just like focus on that kind kind of thing. So yeah, I, I kept an eye on Twitter, and somebody went, oh, okay, that was uh, something. So I'm like, okay, I need to. Uh, get my stream back up, uh, rewind and watch. That's what I did. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to laugh, don't you? you oh, I, I felt so fucking sorry for them. I really do. But <laughs> they had what I called the shockmaster moments. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what they was expecting. I, I really don't. Was was the ring meant to implode? Was the smoke meant to come from beneath the ring? Was it uh, pyro and bo- uh, you know rigged bombs around the ring meant to go off? Uh, something went wrong. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be that. It yeah. was not meant to be that. It was hysterical as it was sad because I felt I, I I felt I had sympathy for in particular. Uh, John Moxley and um, his name fucking escapes me now. Kingston. Uh, Ed, Eddie Kingston. I, I, yeah. Because they, they they still tried to sell it even though it went wrong. Yeah. You know. Um, They've done the job, haven't they? They've done what they were told to do. Yeah. The, the, the you know, the, 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 the logistics around him is, it's out of their control, isn't it? What are you supposed to do? Just, yeah. Just... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. I uh, <laughs> I didn't watch the entire match. I'm with you on this 110%. I fucking hate death matches. I do not like hardcore wrestling. Uh, it's all right, you know, when we've done it in the WCW timeline and it's you know it's it's Sabu and he's tried to go through a table. It's a, it's a funny haha. But when you, I mean, you said it perfectly. You're you're a, you're a sadist basically because. I, I mean, you stuff. have to be. You have to be. Yeah, I don't, of course you do. I mean, I mean, I said like I can't get out of my head that they might have some kind of mental issues for wanting to do it. I don't mean it like that, but you've got to have something wired up there. That's like if, if you enjoy that. Like I enjoy the pain of a tattoo to a, to an extent, but it, it's kind of like a liberating feel. It's you, you're in. You've got the adrenaline going and. You're excited for the end product, and I suppose that's what it's. It's a similar thing for them. They're excited yeah. to see how it pans out on TV, so the adrenaline, adrenaline just pushes them through. But you can't tell me they're not in fucking a fuck ton of pain after that adrenaline drops, you know? Well, I've got to be honest. I, I saw Moxley on them little beds that they had outside when they went on the outside, probably halfway through the match or whatever, uh, and he's just laid in this bed of fucking barbed wire that's exploded, and. Um, I don't think he realises that the camera's on him. He's led in it, but he's completely expressionless. And he's just sort of looking round. And then he realises that the camera's on him. And he's just like, ah, and starts <laughs> selling. So <laughs> I'm beginning to think that Moxley is a bit of a fucking sucker for pain. Well, he, um, he, he literally did say that he enjoys doing these matches. It was one thing that he wanted to do in WWE, but obviously with the, with with their product, they couldn't do it. But they finally yeah. let him have his, his way with the... Uh, 
what were it called, the asylum match or something like that with Chris Jericho. But the most that really happened to that was Jericho being dropped onto a load of, of tacks. Like, yeah. Mark, Mark didn't fucking take that bump. Jericho did. You know, I, I, I don't understand. You know, if you like that so much, why didn't you take that bump, John? Yeah. Why didn't you take that bump? But he said that he wants to do more of this kind of stuff. It's his bread and butter. Um, I, I will say the most entertaining thing, not right now, because the poor lass is pregnant, but Rene uh, Rene Young, Rene Paquette, I don't know what to call her now. I know she's back working with, with WWE in some capacity. I think it's just working for Fox, really, isn't it? Um, but she, uh, so I'm going to just call her Rene Young for that matter, but her tweets <laughs> during during these matches are entertaining because she's, she can't watch, but she has to because it's her husband and she's worried mm. for him and she just doesn't know what to think. It's entertaining. It, it really is. But I felt sorry for her this, this past Sunday because she's fucking pregnant and she's had to watch her husband do this. It's like, yeah. come on, John, have a rest her. <laughs> Your wife's pregnant. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to send her into early labor with this kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> be a good be a good partner for God's sake. Think about somebody else instead of your own sadistic likes, <laughs> sadistic needs. Oh, do, do you think uh, like it, it, in uh, when when Rene is in labour, he's gonna look at that and go, "Fucking hell, I wish I was going through that pain." Because I, <laughs> on, honestly, I just get that fucking impression of him that he just enjoys pain, and not uh, in the Mick, in the Mick Foley way. It's just in a. A proper fucked up way. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Mate. I don't know if, if if what you say there is true, and he, he he it's his bread and butter, and he wants to do more of it in AEW. Again, fair play, fair play to him. Uh, as as long as they're safe, as long as they tested, that's fine. Oh yeah, uh, because uh, hepatitis, like it, it, it's been known to run rampant in wrestling in the past, and the last thing we need is on top of everything that's going on in the fucking world is with a, a hepatitis epidemic in, in the wrestling world, particularly in, in uh, AEW. Yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we, we don't want that. So I, I'm pretty sure that all the right protocols have been taken. The, the regular testing for things like that, you know, I, I can't see why they wouldn't be. Yeah, they'll be regularly tested for everything, won't they? I, yeah. I, I, just, I, I do have to say as well, I'm really disappointed that you didn't say hepatitis running wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been nearly a year and we've been doing this podcast and you're still not putting like WCW-isms into, <laughs> into random conversations <laughs> hepatitis oh. is running wild brother uh, <laughs> for all those I of can, you that don't, that don't know we haven't of, really... uh, sorry all I can think of at that point when I said epidemic in, all, in AEW I'll just think it all epidemic wrestling yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for those of you that might not know what we're on about, uh, just quickly, just to clarify as well, at the end of this death match, exploding thing, whatever, um, Omega. I, okay, I, I spoiler, can't... spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you the winner. Um, UK listeners, you know, skip forward ten seconds. Uh, Omega wins, and uh, he's helped out, blah blah blah, and all the rest of it. But at the end of this, uh, Kingston comes down to try and protect his buddy because the countdown is going on and the ring is about to explode and it's beep, 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 beep. So he covers him like it's a live grenade or something like that and literally sparklers go off. There's a, a pop of smoke and that is it. Now, it's come out that way more was supposed to happen. Way more, way, way, way more. And we know, having done this podcast now for nearly a year, we know that the TNT budget when it comes to uh, Dynamite, no pun intended, <laughs> is extortionately big. So the fact that they fucked this up royally is hilarious and saddening at the same time. Um, 
that's the end of it. Uh, I my had... personal opinion was, if you if you see that it's going wrong, just cut the feed. Just cut the pay-per-view. Yes. Or have a plan, have a backup plan. Add some fucking sort of CGI explosion onto the fucking TV. Then cut the feed. You know, at least then your TV audience gets what's going on. Uh, the live audience might not, but there's only about 200 people in there anyway because COVID. So... That would have been me. That would be what I'd do. From this point forward, I don't know what they're going to do with Kingston. Because he rolls off, he plays dead, and there is no reason why. Because nothing happened yeah. at all. Like like we said, he was doing his job at the end of the day, and uh, bless him, but... Unless you know, Hepatitis got him, because he's running right. Because <laughs> <running right. laughs> he, was, he was on Moxley's head, and Moxley was like, crimson mask, brother. I, I think at this point, um, Eddie, like, he was just trying to do his job, but he... If he called an audible at that point and just like was like what the fuck, it might have looked bad, but you, you, the, maybe that maybe that's his thought process in that moment. It's like I, I could call an audible here, but then I've kind of like given away given away that the idea was something more was meant to happen in yeah. kayfabe. I've got to act this out, so he's acted out, and you know, good job on him for doing that, top pro. But kayfabe rules apply here now. And mm. you can explain that. Like, I, I, I said to you the other day, I tweeted it out, like, psychological warfare can come into play in this. That Kenny Omega, because he he built that, he, it was his project, he sold it on that. And fucking, thank God that they said that prior. Thank God that yeah. that's, that's what this match has been built on. That yeah. it was Kenny Omega's project. Because if they hadn't done that, then holy fuck, I wouldn't even know how they'd get out of this one. But with him doing that, with him building that, and actually putting out a picture... <laughs> either on the day or the day before a crayon drawn picture of, of the ring and everything to explain <laughs> what it was really fucking weird and the fact that they sold it as such says that he, he can just say I'm not going to fucking risk killing myself for uh, just just to get one over you Moxley you know yeah. what what I did is I, I rigged that bot I rigged it I rigged them because I wanted to get in your head and break you down yep. so I can take advantage you know, because he's a Weasley heel, and that is what Weasley heels do. They play the mind games to take advantage because they don't want a, a, an opponent in a full mindset. Because apart from outside interference and cheating and shit like that, you know, all they've got is facing one on one, and they're not going to win. They don't have the mm -hmm. confidence in themselves that they're going to win. That's the whole point here. So they, he can just apply psychological warfare. Boom, we're out of it. You know, that that is explained. You know, so they are very fortunate. They're very fortunate. But well, how Tony explained it in the media call, he didn't have a laugh about it, but he was he got a little bit too defensive about it, saying there were meant to be more and all this thing. Like, come on, Tony, just take your licks and move on. Just move on. Because, spoiler alert, we know it's a work. We know it's a work. And you're, you are, you're not working here when you're doing these media calls. You are speaking to us. You know that we're acknowledging that this is kind of like breaking the fourth wall type situation here. You are talking to the media. You're talking to us. You're explaining. You don't need to over-explain what happened. All you need to say is, it went wrong. Ha, ha, ha. That sucks, but, you know, we tried. It's simple as that. <laughs> yeah, it, we tried. Don't get too defensive about it because you... you it, it's your company. And if you get over-defensive about it, you are going to put people off. You're just going to come across as, like, petty, really. You know what I mean? It can be very awkward. It's like, just chill out a little bit. You don't need to be so defensive about it. Fans don't care that much. 
It happened. We all had a laugh about it. We know you're going to move on from this. It, it's not going to be an issue in a year. In a couple of years' time, you, it's going to be laughed about like the Shockmaster was in WCW. Like, yeah. yeah. Just take your licks and run with it. Simple as, simple as that. That's it. I, I, I think that's the only way out of it, isn't it, really? Um, and... On the back of that, obviously, uh, impact came first. Uh, this is the last thing, and I promise you, we'll get we'll get into Nitro. Uh, it's it's been announced that Rich Swan will put the title on the line against Moose Nation, who will put the title on the line, and whoever wins this is going to unify the Impact World Heavyweight Championship with the TNA World Heavyweight Championship Saturday at Sacrifice. But then a month later, April twenty fourth at Rebellion, uh, AEW World Champion Kenny Omega will face off against the winner of the Unified. Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. So there's a lot going on, and and I tweeted out um, that it is a great, well, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan away from the WWE at this moment in time because there's so much going on. Even when the explosions don't go off, still, still a cracking pay per view from what I've read and the matches that I saw. Even though I'm not into death matches and everything like that, they tell the story. Um, the the cinematic match in particular told the story and what I've read online about you know the ladder match and everything like that it's a solid pay per view for AEW Impact you know Impact really really like pricked my ears up today um, I think Scott Demore in particular is just doing a fantastic job down there uh, Don Callis is doing a great job at making me really hating and he's always yeah. been good at that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's always been good at that. Even on podcast mode, he, I don't know if he still does a podcast with Lance Storm, but even on that, he, he's being himself. But yeah. even being himself, it's like, fucking hell, I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> because what he's doing is, he's, he, he, even though he's being real, he can't get out of kayfabe mode as well. It's just like, it, it's it's not what he's saying, but it's the way he's delivering stuff. Yeah, like he yeah. delivers in the cafe, the the overacting type thing, and it's like fucking shut up, man. You know, yeah. I, I love to hate him and I hate to love him. He's um, he's a master at what he does. I, he there's nothing, there's nothing more I can say. He's, he's it, it will go down in history as like one of the most underappreciated talkers and minds as well, because apparently he's got a really fucking good mind for the business. And if you the way the way that all this stuff has been going on in AEW, everything that's all all the story with Omega and everything. It's like, yeah, he's got a fucking real good mind, real good mind. Yeah, and um, I never thought it'd be him either. From from what I saw of his wrestling days, I never thought in a million years he'd be the man who's got a great mind and you know will be at such a at such center stage right now in 2021 in in the wrestling world as the way it is at this moment in time. This this whole silent hand thing, invisible hand. Sorry, uh, just brilliant it's just brilliant stuff it's good tv uh, and if you're a wrestling fan it's well worth watching even if you're a lapsed wrestling fan like i am um even i've you know got into it so i, I highly recommend it i really do yeah uh, can we so, also touch about on another great mind you can. Chris, christian cage is christian all cage he is, he is, and he's using the Evanescence theme again, which I'm fucking so delighted about. <laughs> yeah, what what I found really, really surprising about that is it, even on my timeline and the fans in the in the building were were you know were like, who is this? Who the fuck is this? And the moment that fucking opening bloody lick uh, kicked in, I'm like, it's even, fucking Christian. It's even fucking just the Christian. drum, even yeah. just the drum at the beginning, you just knew straight away, didn't you? Yeah. Um, from what I know, though, that that that's that theme was written and recorded by Dave uh, Dave Oliver um, Dale 
Dale Oliver, that's the one. Yeah. Dale Oliver. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, if uh, Christian Cage has the rights to that, or if Maybe. AEW have paid Dale Oliver for the, for the rights, or it, it's just it's free to be used. Um, I would have thought with it being a TNA theme that it probably got inherited with Impact. It's probably with Impact, and they probably just asked, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah, a variation, but yeah. it's the same theme. But yeah. then again, you can't go to Dale Oliver and say, excuse me, can I use your theme that's clearly a rip-off of Evanescence, please? You know what I mean? <laughs> it must yeah. be free to use. It must be. Yeah, that's like going up to Jimmy Hart and saying, hey, can I use that fucking rip-off with the Chris Jericho theme? <laughs> you know, I, I, I was a big Pearl Jam fan back in the day, and I, and I really like that, but I don't want to use Pearl Jam, so I'll come to the fucking rip-off. I'll rip off the rip-off. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it is Christian, uh, and it's it's weird as well, seeing as we were talking about the Royal Rumble not too long ago and saying how great Christian looked. Um, I think he's going to offer, offer a hell of a lot to AEW. Yeah. I loved his running TNA. Uh, it made him, you know, it made him like a, a serious contender for world titles. Yeah, right? and I don't think he ever reached that in the WWE before his TNA run. No, he didn't. Um, he was being talked of uh, getting the what they were calling the SmackDown title. This was in storyline. Um, because Batista was on Raw at the time. This was after WrestleMania 21, I think. That Batista was the world champion, he was on Raw, and John Cena was the WWE champion, he was on SmackDown, obviously. And then they did the draft, and John Cena went over. And they were just selling the story like, okay, we've no world titles, so we'll create a, create a SmackDown world title thing. So that's what they did, and we never saw the title. It was something a blanket. It was probably just a fucking box of cereal or something, a box of chocolates or something just hidden in the, in, in the, the bag or just some, some shit that they could do guys as a bloody wrestling belt. Uh, but, yeah, they sold it as, like, a major big thing, and Christian was in a, I think it was either a, a six... Um, six-man battle royale or something or whatever the sort, and he won it, and he won it. And afterwards, Teddy, Teddy Long came out like, like, now hold on a player. You know, <laughs> ho, ho, sorry, worst impression ever. I'll try that again. Uh, now hold on a minute, player. You know, we have a world champion, and Batista comes out. And if you're a fucking Christian at that moment, even if you knew beforehand, it's like, you must be fucking feeling a little bit depressed about yeah. that. And that was his last match in WWE. He gone. Wow. Uh, so I, I I like to think that he didn't just say fuck it I quit. Uh, from what I remember, it worked like that. His contract was running down, and he decided not to resign at that point. He he, he did cite that he was sick of touring. Uh, he wanted a break, and he still wants to wrestle, but he wanted a break. And he obviously lives in Florida, so he went to TNA uh, and really proved himself. And I, I I've always believed that he is the better wrestler out of him and Edge. Hmm. Uh, controversial as that may seem to some people, but I've always said Edge is a better performer, Christian is a better wrestler. Yeah. That yeah. was always the case in WWE. I, was, I, I have a right to this opinion, guys. They were my boys. They are my <laughs> favourite tag team of all time. Yeah. And I will always acknowledge that Edge was always the most entertaining of the two. As a singles competitor, he was fucking... He, the Radar Superstar run, the classic run, was fucking phenomenal stuff. Top 10, in my opinion. Top 10, heel run. That's how good he was. Yeah. But he wasn't the better wrestler. He was a better performer. Christian was always a better wrestler. He went to TNA, and he proved that, okay, he might not be on the levels of performance-wise as Edge, but he can perform as well. He can be a great performer. His heel run in TNA was fucking phenomenal stuff. Really, really good stuff. Really um, was. It really was. And if you're not checked it out, and I'm saying this to you as well, Mark, here, 
well, after Edge retired and Christian became the world champion, I know it was a talking championship at first and he lost it to Randy Orton. The feud that he had with Orton that summer was absolutely brilliant stuff. Really, really fucking good. He he turned heel in that run and he, he became really... He, he became a fucking weasel, but he, he his mic skills improved so much and he got to show it on the, the top stage. And that is my... As, as much as I love this TNA run, that is my personal favourite run from Christian out of everything. Wow. Tag titles, Intercontinental Championship, because he was good when he was Intercontinental Champion in, w- in WWE. He was really, really good. You know, really funny as well, really fucking funny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no matter what title run he had, that that uh, that summer, he was on his fucking A-game, and he was so, so fucking good. So good. And so... The sad thing about that, he, he, that 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 feud tends to get forgotten about because of it were it was a summer of punk as well at the same time, right? You know that was yeah. going on, and it kind of overshadowed that feud, which is a shame. But yeah, if, if you haven't checked it out, you just go and watch the SummerSlam match from that year, SummerSlam 2013, Christian versus Randy Orton, fucking phenomenal match. You know, I go will, and watch I it. I'll dig that out. Uh, definitely check that out, especially yeah. if you're saying. That's your favourite over his TNA run. Oh, and you fucking, love his TNA run. Yeah, he was so fucking good. Um, and Orton, obviously. Orton's an easy person to play off. He really is. Yeah, As a face yeah. or a heel, he is very easy to play off. He, he gives so much and he doesn't get the recognition for it. Yeah. But so he allowed him to do that. But yeah, uh, it, it's sad that Christian didn't get one last run in WWE. I don't quite know what happened there. Uh, from what I can gather, he was only contracted to Fox. He wasn't contracted to WWE. They did have plans for him, but unfortunately, a lot of those plans centred around him being in Edge's corner in the run-up to Mania, where he really wanted that one last singles run himself. Yeah. Um. I, I don't think he got the assurances. I I'm not really sure if they really wanted him to be in the ring or to to be... If, if he was given a run in the ring, it was very minimal. He obviously feels like he can wrestle more than what they're probably offering him. Maybe he could wrestle weekly or once a month. Who knows? He, he, he retired because of concussion issues. He's been he's been retired for quite a long time now. And he obviously feels well enough. He's been fucking cleared to be able to wrestle. So give him the opportunity. You know? Give him the chance. If you're not yeah. willing to do that, let him go elsewhere. And for all intents and purposes, um, it was said that there were certain personnel in WWE that weren't happy that he had chosen to go to AEW. Not not just AEW chosen to leave and all that because he had plans for him even though the plans weren't his. But they're happy for him at the same time. They are happy for him. So it, it's not ended on a sour note. That's, that's a real good thing because the first time around when he left to the TNA, it, it, it definitely did end on a sour note. At least this way, they've, they parted ways and... Just said like he's gonna go there. He's gonna do his thing. He's gonna provide so much for AEW, so so much. I know people were underwhelmed that it was him because they were expecting fucking CM Punk, even though that was never gonna happen in a million years, guys. It, you know, and other people were saying Brock Lesnar just because of the name, even though you fucking hate the guy. You know, you wanted him and you're expecting him. Come on, guys, Christian's a fucking want... star. He's an absolute yeah. star. And why do you want a guy that's not gonna wrestle? Yeah, exactly. A guy that you don't even fucking like. Just for the sake of having a big name for AEW. Mm. You're just going to shit on everything that he does. Like, yep. At least this way. Okay, it may not be Brock Les- Lesnar level of name. But it's a guy that should be in the WWE Hall of Fame now. Really? Yeah. 
probably isn't going to be for a while now, unfortunately, but he will get there someday. But he's a guy that's been there, he's done it all, he's got an incredible mind for the business, he really has. And in the ring, he, he, he obviously can still go. You know, he, he can he can uh, he can do so much for AEW that I can't even put into words. He's gonna put over so many people, make them look a lot better. And he might not get the title run. He might not get one last title run. He might. He might get a TNT title run at most. He might end up get tagging with somebody and getting a tag title run. I don't really care if he gets a title or not. I just want him to be happy. And if this is what makes him happy, I'm happy. As a fan of his, I'm happy. As a, as a fan of wrestling and somebody that is rooting for AEW to succeed, you you can't. There's not many better people out there to acquire. There really isn't. It's a massive signing. A lot of a lot of people saying, "Oh, Tony overhyped it." It wasn't hyperbole. That is a fucking massive signing. Tony was right. You may not realize it, but you know it. It's true. It really is true. Fucking, I'm turning to Kurt Angle now. It's true. It's <laughs> damn true. Well, he was the other name, wasn't he? Uh, you know, even though he's in the Hall of Fame. I so. mean, what could he provide? What could he provide, Kurt Angle? He could be a GM at most. He could be a commentator, but it would have been underwhelming. You want somebody that's... If, if they're going to hype up a big signing like that, it's got to be someone that's going to be wrestling. It has yeah. to be. The only yeah. people that you can really get away with hyping up that much is, is someone on the on the levels of Paul Heyman, those type people. Um... Yeah, but somebody that's a wrestler, you want to be able to see him wrestling. Kurt Angle would have been very underwhelming. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. We've covered everything that's happened this week. <laughs> so what we're gonna do? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add as well. Uh, just finally, if my voice croaks out, I apologise. It's because Juventus played Porto last night, and it was a stupidly fucking mental game and I was screaming at the TV I'm pretty sure the neighbours have moved out so <laughs> if my voice drops out I'm not doing my worst JR impression at the end of Revolution it's just because I was watching the football I'm mean, actually <laughs> going to say something on the, uh, uh, on similar lines that if my voice sounds croaky it's because I fucking talked for the last 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well let's let you have a little bit of a rest here and we'll run through some of WCW Nitro episode number 42 uh, this is the go home edition of course, the next one up, which will be dropping next Saturday, is the Bash at the Beach Watch Along 1996. It's the birthplace of the NWO. It's the boom period. And I'm delighted to announce, if it's all right with Brian, we have a special guest joining us. So it's going to be a three-way. Uh, the third man... <laughs> or... Probably not the best term, considering I know what we need. <laughs> <laughs> the third man... Joining us, it's not a man, it's a woman. It's Beth, it's my partner, she's going to be joining us. She's never seen this before, she doesn't even know what happens. Uh, I looked at her absolutely stupid when she said that she didn't know what happens. So you're going to get fresh eyes and a surprised look on her face that you won't be able to see, but we can try and describe it to you to the best of our abilities. So yes, join us for the watch along. Uh, there's some really good matches, there's some absolutely appalling matches by the looks of this natural as well because there's some that are announced oh, that I have God. absolutely no intention of watching, but we're going to watch it because it's going to be bad and it's going to be made for good audio content. Yeah. Either that or we're just going to talk through it about fucking random shit like we normally do. I, um, I feel so fucking sorry for Beth that she's been roped into this. 
Yeah, the thing is, I haven't roped her into it at oh. all. You know, she was just, she was just like, I really want to watch that, and I'm like, well, we're doing a watch along. You can join us if you want. And she's like, oh, can I? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so roped in? No, she's walked into this one. Yeah. She's walked into okay, the fucking sand trap. Right. She, well, <laughs> once she deserves everything she gets, she can't just fucking bow out in the middle of the thing. She can't. She can't. <laughs> she can't do a Pierce Morgan and walk off set. She has to sit down and watch throughout this. No. <laughs> she's gonna have to put up with fucking. DDP versus Hacksaw G- uh, Jim Duggan. She has to put up with it. She ain't got a fucking choice in the matter. I'm, I'm getting that in writing. I'm getting that in contract. I'm getting it fucking through the courts, baby. You know, she can't <laughs> walk out on those snow. I just want... I, I, I want to be there in person just to see the look and affairs of some of this shit because, honestly, like, it's going to be entertaining when we do get it... Uh, get to record in person and we're going to end up doing a watch-along in person at some point. And yeah. Um, I, I remember, like, uh, a few weeks ago, I, were, I was watching a match on Nacho. I can't remember what it was. I think it was the first uh, Bobby Walker uh, <laughs> uh, match. And my mum walked in and she goes, are you pissed off, Brian? And I went, yeah. She goes, what's wrong? And I went, this fucking match. <laughs> Apparently, I had the stoniest, like, look on my face. I had a face of thunder. So you get to witness that yourself, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And I, so really, I really wish I could see her face throughout all this. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll film it. Maybe we can do something like yeah. video-oriented or something like that. We'll, we'll see somewhere down the line. At least, next week. At least we know she'll enjoy the Ric Flair stuff because as far as... Uh, from what you've told me, she really likes Ric Flair. She likes Savage as well, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so, she's a big fan. Uh, she, she she became a big fan of Ric Flair after the documentary 30 for 30. Yes. ESPN. Uh, that's actually, side note, that's available on Disney+. Plus. If you've got Disney+, Plus now, uh, it's on there. Nice. I've got free. Disney Plus and I haven't seen that. So Oh she, mate, watch it. It is fucking ace. I, I think I said that the last time. It's incredible. Uh once she saw that, she just fell in love with Ric Flair. And you know, he, he's he's been a bad lad. You know, <laughs> and usually usually Beth's like dead he's... against like cheating on your wife and everything like that, but fuck me, what a story. It's because what he's a got story. he's got charisma through he just oozes charisma. And yeah. some people you just can't help but love, even like you want to kick yourself for doing that. I mean, we we've been We've been talking up Disco Inferno throughout all this, and he seems to be a bit of a dick in reality, you know, sometimes <laughs> on purpose just to wind people up, but it's kind of like the person that even I would get pissed off with hanging around or hearing from, but like I'm watching him on fucking Nitro, and I'm, I'm loving what he's doing. Yeah. And I, yep. I, honestly, afterwards, I feel like dousing myself in vinegar just to clean myself because I feel dirty for saying it, <laughs> but... You know, I know it's controversial, but I'm a Disco Inferno fan. He may not be doing anything special in the ring, but the comedy there, it, that's thats what I like. That's my bread and butter, comedy and wrestling. It's one of my favourite things, you know, and he, he's good at it. He's good at it, yeah. and, he, and he, he does a little bit here tonight as well. I think yeah. we should use that as a segue and like, yep, let's jump into Nitro. <laughs> let's let's jump into Nitro. I, w- I was going to say as well, anybody out there, you know, always, always send us a Twitter uh, DM or just at us or whatever because um, obviously if this uh, watch along goes well with three of us there's absolutely no reason why we won't have a special guest in the future as well uh, so just get in touch with us it'd be really really cool for us to do something like that because it adds another dimension to what we're talking about um, and we're always open to trying new things we're nearly a year old so yeah. just hit us up if you ever feel like it we've already got fingers in the pies you know uh, Gary is constantly you know in touch with us and everything like that and we'd love to do stuff with Gary there's this this Corey as well who um, maintains the Promotion Wars app or the game rather and, and the website so 
you know, there's there's loads of things that we're going to be doing in the future, but we'd love, we'd absolutely love to have guest star, guest yeah. stars, guest stars. Well, I'm going to call them guest stars. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah you are a guest star. We are talking uh, to you, Glenn. We are talking to you, Robbie. We are talking <laughs> to you, DC Matthews. DC, by the way, is probably if, if you're going to tell me any guy to actually get on to this, DC Matthews is that guy because he or a statistician. He, yeah, yeah, that's what I called him. He said he might not be after WWE Network, at least to Peacock, but we'll see. But um, he, he's got, he, he's so intelligent. I mean, he's a teacher, so he has to be tel- intelligent, doesn't he? But yeah. he, he's he's probably the most positive wrestling fan that I know. He, he finds positives in things that I, even I, like, I try to be positive about certain things and like I have my limits and he can be really, really positive. But he does, you know, he, he's got podcasts of his own. I've heard him on other podcasts and he's an absolute delight he's really great and a mysterious figure because I've never seen his face like I don't oh. even, I don't know what he looks like I know he's got a beard that's it but you know I've heard his voice but I've never seen his face he's a mysterious figure but I'd love to have him on and talk wrestling with that guy because I could really pick his brains and learn something but yeah. and that's no disrespect to you uh, to you Robbie and you Glenn because you two I would love to have on this as well but you know, I, 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 I've got to have favourites. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that's how life works. We have favourites. You have your favourite child. You have your favourite food. <laughs> you know. I don't. Yep. So hit us up, anybody. You know, um, and we'll see what we can do down the line. Or just hit um, me for for insulting you. Just hit you. <laughs> Right, on to WCW Nitro here. Uh, I've already done the opening, which is you. Uh, it's basically like AJ Styles' theme, essentially, isn't it? You, you are, you are. Looking life. <laughs> so Tony and Larry start off by plugging the Bash at the Beach pay-per-view again. Obviously, that's something that they've been doing for, for ages, and, and they're doing a pretty good job of plugging it if you're not buying it. Um, they plug in the hostile takeover as well. DP straight out behind them, saying that the Lord of the Ring ring has been stolen. Oh, no. So... He wants the entire place closing in a strip search of each and every person in the arena, which obviously gets a lot of booze from the crowd. Well, I guess that's Nitro over and done with, the closing the <laughs> arena. Apart from this week's episode, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... Join us next Join us next week for the watch-along. I mean, we've been, Bye, on, about, we've been on about how the quit, pay, the quit pace of Nitro. Fucking hell, that flew by. It looked like it was <laughs> two minutes or some shit. <laughs> Uh, we go back to last week's Nitro ending as well, uh, which is obviously the Coppers and, and Sting and Luger losing the tag team titles to the to Harlem Heat. Uh, Larry says that there will be a New World Order this Sunday. Yes. Now, I didn't realise that he was the first one to say New World Order under WCW TV. No. Uh, people keep saying that, oh yeah, Hulk Hogan was the first to say it. Well, actually, he says uh, uh, New World Organisation. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't even get that right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it seems Larry coined that phrase. Yep, I, yep. I, I, and I I'd, didn't know that. I'd, I'd like to know if that's true, if he actually did coin it, because that could have just been him. We know we know what Larry's on, uh, what he's like on the mic. He's a really, really, really good. He, he's, he's got the gift of gab, so he could have just said that apropos of nothing, and mm. Eric Bischoff was heard it and just like, that's a stable name, perfect. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if he if he came up with that, fucking genius. Hmm. If it was if, For, if it wasn't Adelaide, if, if they already knew, then fucking hell, you gave it away, Larry. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> First match on the card: WCW World Tag Team Titles on the line. Harlem Heat, the champions, versus the Steiner brothers, who feel like they got robbed last week. Uh, it's a good early exchange from Booker and Scotty. Uh, shows of power from Scotty with the belly to belly and a gorilla press slam. His arms are jacked here, Scotty, as well. I noticed the roids are well in effect. 
Uh, a quick Steiner pours down after clotheslining Stevie out of the ring and we go to a quick break. Back from the break, the VIP table is full of horsemen and food while Rick is getting dominated by Stevie. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that down, but seeing that, seeing that VIP table just made me so hungry as well. Um, Scotty is in and gets the advantage as the crowd looks elsewhere for the entirety of his part in the ring. Colonel Robert Parker is the one that they're all looking at uh, just as he's coming out of the entranceway and he seems to be looking into his wallet. What? <laughs> so as you go back, you remember Robert Parker was having a bit of a fling with Sensational Sherry, who was the manager of Harlem Heat. Rob Parker used to be the manager of Harlem Heat when he was being a bit racist. And Sherry got fired for being drunk at work. And now it looks like Rob Parker is out to help Harlem Heat, but still might have a little bit of a thing for Sherry, who's no longer in WCW. So, yeah, I'm sure it all makes sense. If it makes sense to everybody out there, please hit us up because it don't make no sense to me. No, it doesn't. But fuck it, you know, they, they may not, they've been after a manager for a while, so... Yeah. Rick initially had an advantage, but Booker back with a Harlem hangover and a top rope forearm, uh, rotating forearm, but Rick is back with a middle turnbuckle belly-to-belly. Massive mafia kick will get Harlem Heat the advantage oh. again when Scotty comes in. A double clothesline on each other allows the Heat to rise and the hot tag to happen to Rick, who dominates Harlem Heat... A lot of dominating in this today. Um, Scotty gets a Frankensteiner off while Rick and Stevie are fighting in the corner, but they're not legal. Rick with a top rope bulldog on Booker. Scotty gets Booker on his shoulders and Rick goes up top again, but this time Rob Parker is up there to pull Rick Steiner's leg. It's a nut shot, it's a dusty finish, and it's over. The winner in this one is Harlem Heat via pinfall. 10 minutes and 49 seconds given to this one, uh, and a dirty finish at the end. Whew. Tag team titles stay on Harlem Heat, Brian. Yeah, but it was a decent match. Mm. I can't say that for the rest of this fucking show, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the, the night peaked here. It was a decent match. Um, I'm not really fond of dusty finishes, but fuck it, I'll, I'll take it here, even though uh, commentary didn't know who the fucking hell the, the legal men were, and seemingly at one point the wrestlers themselves didn't know who the legal men were, yeah. and I fucking lost track of who, who the legal men were at this point, but... Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'll take your word for it. They're the legal men. <laughs> and G- it, yeah, it, it, I'm not going to say that it was a brilliant match. It was just, by standards of this show, it was a decent match. Yeah. Jeans with the Horsemen. Uh, footage from a few weeks ago where the Horsemen took out Gomez and Renegade and then the Rock and Roll Express. Debra is on the microphone and says Mongo has the potential to make more money than he did in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth then says the ladies don't need to worry about any of that because there's plenty of cash and we all know where that's come from. Ugh. Brian, where's it come from? Um, let me think. Cause I, 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 <laughs> you know, it's been a few months now and they, they've said it often enough, but you know what I mean? I, I tend to forget things. Um, so just give me a second. Um, was it Randy Savage by any chance? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. Oh, uh, says, I was fucking right. Wow, look at that. Arn says, heads are going to roll, and now there'll be, there'll be a visual representation. I'm cutting down a lot of this because, you know, why the fuck not? Yeah. Benoit is the crippler, and he's silent but violent, like a fart. Mongo <laughs> played senior for Chicago. What the fuck does that mean? And Flair, what you going to do? What's causing all this? That's the recap of this entire promo. Yeah. It, Next up, it was a, It's a shame because Rick Flair is... It's not just Rick Flair, it's the Horseman promos in general. I've just come down to <laughs> Savage's money, sexual innuendos, and 
that's pretty much it. Yes. You know, we just a, a few little bits about fucking heads rolling and shit like that. Just tack on a couple of things, but it's generally the same thing week in, week out. It's like, come on, new material now, guys. This has been going on for months. We get it. We fucking get it. Come on. Move on. Yeah. Let's go. Basic promo. Uh, now there's an eye involved. Yeah, I saw Next that. Up. It looks a bit like, uh, you know, that episode of Game of Thrones where Daenerys' dragon, I can't remember which one, gets killed. And yeah. the, Brit, the, the white the white spring it out of the water and it's the, its eye turns blue. It was kind of like that. Real good effect. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I tell you something, they've really put money into those promo packages. It's like, for, for 1996 standards and for WCW standards, it, they are pretty slick. They are pretty slick, yeah. I it looks like look, PS2 graphics, at least, though. Yeah. So it was Regal. Regal, was it? The dragon? Yes, Rhaegar. that's Rhaegar. Yeah, Rhaegar. Next up, Disco Inferno versus Kurosawa. We've not seen Kurosawa for, We've not seen Kurosawa for a while. Um, I've got a funny feeling. He, he was was he managed by Robert Parker? He was, yeah. I think he had like him, yeah, yeah. I think he had two matches. The second match, I believe, was against Sting, and then we haven't seen him since. And it's been months now, like maybe seven or eight months since we've seen him. Oh, it can't be yeah, that much. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Disco with the gold disc, uh, as he brought out last week before selling one million records, which knows an absolute lie. It's, Tony Schiavone even says, I don't believe it. Yeah, it's fucking huge as well. I swear it's bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a disco ball from the roof as well. I think this is the first time we've seen this, and this is something we're going to be seeing throughout WCW and Disco Inferno's tenure. Yeah. Um, he dances, then cuts his music. He says he knows what the people want, and it's to see him dance. He then asks if they want to see him dance. Resounding <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, it is a resounding no. <laughs> but he says he will. So hit my music. But the wrong music comes on. Um, obviously, it's Kurosawa up next. I don't remember Kurosawa looking like this or being this lively, but I did like his jacket. Yeah. Um, Initially, the crowd doesn't react at all as these guys get down to business. They, they attempt crowd interaction, but the crowd just sits there and does absolutely nothing. Until Disco, rather stereotypically, sets a lot of kung fu stances. And then the crowd just sort of go, Oh, I'm in for that. That's fucking brilliant. That And start applauding him and everything like that. It's like, okay, so you guys are racist. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, Larry is talking about uh, Disco being in Japan. And saying you've been to the Hard Rice Cafe, which is probably a little bit more racist. You know, I, 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 I mean, it, I, I can't say yeah or nay. I don't know what his intentions were with that. But fucking hell, the captions again here, Mark. This is probably my only caption. Uh, fuck up of the night. It doesn't say Hard Rice. It said Hard Rise. Did it add something in brackets as well? Uh, indistinct. <laughs> I thought it said PH. I don't know why. I, I don't know, uh, but just yeah. Just before cafe, it said PH or something. I, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, but hard rise. What's hard and what's <laughs> rising? Let's leave that alone. <laughs> Let it go down by itself. <laughs> <laughs> Disco rolls out of the ring after some punishment, uh, throws a bit of a strop and kicks the steps. <laughs> he comically hops around holding his foot. The, the crowd kind of uh, reacts a little bit to that as well. Kurosawa again with the momentum, but Disco's music plays randomly, and a guy comes down dressed as Fat Elvis. 
The Disco Ball comes down again, and Disco uses it to smash Kurosawa in the back. It's the worst hit you're ever going to see. I was hoping that the Disco Ball, because they put so much emphasis onto it, was just going to smash into smithereens. It would have been such a good effect, yes. but it never happened. The referee has done one to presumably duet with Elvis down on the entranceway. Uh, he runs back in as Disco makes the cover, and the winner in this one, Disco Inferno, via pinfall, 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Ridiculous. <sighs> Ridiculous. Not, yeah. a, not a good match, but for comedy, real good comedy. Yeah. Uh, next up, DDP versus uh, Scotty. I, I, I have to say as well, uh, Larry Sabisco saying that Fat Elvis is, is the third man. <laughs> the third man? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Maybe it's the third man. <laughs> Brilliant. It made more fucking sense than Mabel. <laughs> True. Yeah. I'm surprised fucking Dave Meltzer didn't report that. Oh, yeah, there was this Fat Elvis on WCW. Uh, he's the third man. <laughs> There's talk of it being the third man. <laughs> Eric Bischoff has said this to multiple people. Oh, fucking hell. Riggs, I noticed that Riggs' theme had been heavily dubbed in here, and yeah. it's likely because DDP's has been straight after it. So yeah, there it, you go. I noticed the way we're Octave, because it's mm. usually quite fast and stuff. It's like, American Bills. And this time it was like, American Bills. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking minus 7.5 speed on YouTube. <laughs> Balls are finally dropped. <laughs> DDP checks a couple of people on his way to the ring to see if they have his ring, uh, but they don't. <laughs> so, we, just as he's on his way to the ring, or just as we're getting into the ring, or just about to start the match, I'm not sure which, because when you go to split screen, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Anyway, Larry's got some smart remarks about going to Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who's backstage, about to cut a promo on DDP. DDP can't hear it, so I don't know why the fuck we're doing this. Um, it's it's Hacksaw, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan he probably doesn't even know that DDP can't hear it no that's true uh, no, but it, Larry does say after Tony says oh we're going to cut to Hacksaw Jim Duggan who's got something to say and he goes do we have to <laughs> <laughs> oh Hacksaw uh, he, he cuts his promo he says well I don't have the ring and, and blah blah this and blah 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 and whatever and then Larry again after that just sort of finishes he says did he have a point <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, like, right I'm totally on Larry's side with this. Totally yeah, on it. Completely. 100%. Like, Dominated for... I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I put down for that promo. Jim Duggan cutting an incoherent promo about something. <laughs> I, I, I tuned out. Like, I don't want to hear the guy talk. Well, he cut a promo about his wood. Oh, <laughs> for, oh for fuck's sake. Dominating from DDP here in the early moments. Holding the ropes in front of the referee while using an abdominal... Or domino stretch... <laughs> I said domino because that's what Larry called it. He called it a domino stretch. <laughs> and it just made me really want pizza. I'll, I'll, anyway. I'll say DDP shouting throughout this. It, it gets, uh, gets rigs in the corner and he just randomly shouts, I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's some, some person in the crowd booing him and he just shouts, shut up, you jerk. <laughs> one of my favourite things. good heel heat. Uh, yeah. One I of my favourite things. I'm mad. He's going to do that. No. But, yeah. But one of my favourite things in wrestling is when a wrestler is actually shouting in the ring. Like, you, you get a lot these days where they're just mute. They don't say anything. They barely make a sound. Like, yeah. realist, realistically, if you're in a fight with somebody, you're going to be at least fucking... You're going to give them... You're going to be giving them the shit. You know, you're yeah, going to be definitely. bigging yourself up and saying, I'm going to fucking kill you or whatever shit. Like, you know, you, you don't just like... You don't fucking fight in silence. No, you know, uh, I'm looking at UWE because only Kevin Owens seems to shout when he's bloody wrestling. But 
Yeah, I, I really, really enjoy <laughs> just random shit that DDP comes out with. I'm mad. Really? <laughs> but again, it's DDP. He can get away with it. Kind of just takes me back to that video that circled a few weeks ago after um, Nia Jax had said, My badge! <laughs> <laughs> it's no, it, just it, the it Boy went, Ray one, though. Yeah, it went my badge. It, like... it was my hole. Oh, it my hole? My hole. Oh, fuck it. I don't know. I, somebody else said my badge, didn't they? I don't know who it were. Um, but it, I know. Oh, yeah, the Bully no. Ray one. I know who you're about. the Bully Ray one when he just goes, Taz, what? My balls. Yeah, brilliant. Classic. <laughs> I know, buddy, I saw. <laughs> You've got to be vocal in the ring, yeah. but that's next level. Yeah, the my badge one. I think it were either Rosemary or Sue Young. I couldn't really tell, but they had their friends the on it with TNA. But yeah, my yeah. badge, my badge. <laughs> <laughs> my mum's in the other room. She's so going to be like, what the fuck's going on in there? Uh, Riggs comebacks always cut off unfortunately uh, Larry says he doesn't want to hear Sting sing the blues about Sunday in a comment I kind of chuckled at because it's about Gordon Sumner in it really <laughs> Springboard crossbody to the outside finally gets Riggs some much needed time in this match but it doesn't last long and DDP well there's a body slam attempt by Riggs uh, but DDP squirms out of it and it's a diamond cutter out of nowhere and the winner in this one is going to be DDP via pinfall 5 minutes and 42 seconds and we still don't know where the ring is, Brian. No. Oh, wait, it's there. They've just wrestled in it. Wee. Oh. Gene's back with DDP after the match. He says he thinks he knows where the ring is. DDP says people in WCW are jealous of him, which, to be fair, actually, I listened to 83 weeks last week, uh, and Bischoff admitted, like, a lot of people were jealous about DDP because he was on the rise, but he was, like, Eric Bischoff's mate as well. So he thought, you know, people thought that he was being given favorable, favorable treatment but Bischoff said, the weirdest thing in the world is, it, it was harder for DDP because he had to prove himself even more because I damn sure weren't just going to give him everything on a platter. I was going to give him a chance, but he had to prove himself more than other people did because other people weren't my friends. Being my friend is just not an easy, you know, get away from doing a job sort of thing. So, yeah, people were. DDP was right. Gene then promotes his match uh, at the Bash versus Duggan that nobody cares about, but DDP doesn't care either. Uh, he just wants his ring. Gene then says he doesn't know where his ring is. Well, yeah, Gene, have a night off, Gene. Jesus Christ! <laughs> One minute you said that he, you, you you have a clue where his ring is, and now you're saying you don't. <laughs> no, he just changed his tune so much. Anyway, DDP starts shaking him down and empties his pockets and stuff. And Mean Gene is just not for any sort of physical contact unless it's woman stroking his chin. Yeah, I'm gonna call my lawyers. He shouts. <laughs> Next up, we're gonna see Randy Savage against Greg fucking Valentine. Yeah, are you fucking for real? Yeah, who gave fucking Greg Valentine a job in 1996? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Yeah, but what I did do is I googled how old Greg Valentine looked because in this match I thought, fucking hell, he looks out of shape. He must have been, like, really old. It turns out he's one year older than the macho man. Oh, jeez. And the macho man looks in fucking good shape here, but Greg yeah. Valentine does not. No. Uh, I, I actually said to you last night, I sent you a picture, and I said, uh, remember this, because I'm a Pokemon fan, um, Mark isn't, you know, I, and I said, you won't get this reference, but other people will, so I sent you this picture, you know, Greg Valentine looks like the Pokemon Gramble. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but I also say that he should team with Kevin Sullivan as the two human thumbs because he <laughs> fucking looks like one. 
he does have a, a very flat look, doesn't he? I, I, I don't know how to describe it. He, very... al- he always looks grumpy as well. Yeah, like, yeah. There are some people have resting bitch faces. He's just in constant grief mode. Yes, he just looks. He looks so sad, and I've seen him <laughs> smile as well, and he still looks sad. Right. Oh, oh, bizarre! He, he uh, poor demons. guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt draws out with his face paint on, which is uh, a nice touch as well. He also trashes the VIP table that the horseman had. Yeah, it says a lot about Savage that it took me so long to realise that he had the face paint on. Because it, it, it just looks normal now. He had it on yeah. for one week and it just looks normal. It looks like it's part of him. Hmm. It's all Greg initially in this one. Uh, Greg. Uh, it's all Greg. Yeah, I mean, I had to... Uh, I, not, I, not Valentine. Valentine being the more bloody uh, exotic name. It's it's just Greg. Greg. Yeah, I had to, man. I mean... It, 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 looks, yeah. like he's, it looks like he fucking put Greg's out of business. <laughs> he's not I in shit. That. I am so addicted to Greg's right now. Like, it's beyond <laughs> ridiculous. The pizza slices are fucking amazing. Yes, they are. Fuck, man. I, I just can't stop. I mean, I'm going to look like Greg the Hammer Valentine <laughs> if I carry on with these pizzas. <laughs> Greg's the Hammer Valentine. <laughs> but, man, I can't... I, honestly, every Friday, without fail... Uh, you know, I get a slice for me, I get a slice for Beth, and uh, I'll get coffee as well, because the, the caramel latte is a fucking decent shout as well. Oh, fucking um, hell, you just sound like you get paid weekly, mate, every Friday. Like, make me fucking... Oh, I get, get... paid... I, I get paid every Thursday. Twat. You get paid weekly, that's the point. I get paid monthly. Well, every four weeks, to be exact. It's like, I, oh. I bought this I bought this new TV that my mum... My mum bought me a TV, so with that, I bought a new TV, and I've got staff discount on it. And then afterwards, I'm like... Fucking hell, I regret doing that because like I'm I'm down to like ninety quid and that ain't gonna last three fucking week. Spoiler alert, it hasn't. I'm skint and I can murder a Greg's now. <laughs> I've gotta wait till Friday. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, fuck. I, I I don't know what to tell you. Greg's just it's ruining my life now. You're you're buying new TVs, but I'm I'm like a I'm like an addict. I can't buy a new TV because I've gotta go and have my fucking weekly dose of Greg's. He's got a solo oh, quilt man. cover of Greg's uh sausage roll packets. <laughs> yeah. and man the donuts as well I just can't oh. right to, to quote a great man Gorilla Monsoon will you stop I will right let's I, fucking I, talk I about something had, else I, I, this, this is going to make me sound like a really sad man like a bachelor like a lonely bachelor or some shit all I've had to eat today is a fucking tin of ravioli and two slices of toast man you're being modest you are a fucking bachelor don't fucking lie to the people at home Fucking hell, my life's sponsored by bachelors at this point. <laughs> you know, I, all, all I do... All, Zing! No, seriously, all I... I this is going to sound really bad, but ever since lockdown in particular, all I've done is fucking eat. And I don't know where that food has gone because I ain't putting weight on, but all I do is fucking eat. I'm always munching on something. Today is one of those rare days where I'm not actually munching on anything. Like, I, <laughs> I, I woke up at 10 o'clock and I started work at 11, so I had a quick cup of coffee and I head out the door. You know, I didn't have anything on my lunch break because I didn't have time to, you know, just to make anything. I didn't even take out with me either. And I, obviously I'm skint, so I didn't, I'm, I couldn't really buy anything, but there's usually always food there to cook. They like, that yeah. they allow us to have. But I didn't really have time because I had a meeting this afternoon as well. So I, I, I didn't want to get behind on my work. So I just had a quick break, had a quick cup of coffee and then went back down. So I didn't eat. And then afterwards I came home, I'm like, well, I, I ain't got time to cook because, you know, you mentioned that you were going for a bath. I'm like, oh, I'll go for a bath as well then because, like, I've got time. And then afterwards, when I got out of bath, I'm like, fucking hell, we're recording in half an hour, so I'm just add a tin <laughs> of ravioli and two slices of toast. 
<laughs> and then you were late, and now you're talking about fucking Greg's. Yeah, but yeah, it, I, I've got to, to apologise. Yeah, to be fair, I did bring it up, but <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, uh, we'll get a shout out for Paddy from Paddy McGuinness next for the next episode. Does he yeah, actually do I'm, the Greg's uh, adverts anymore? I don't think he does, does he? I don't know, mate. I, I I don't watch enough TV to to see them adverts anymore. To be honest, oh, it's fucking years um, ago. Tony, and um, we're, we're not we're not on about Tony the Tiger here. Tony says our two is the most watched uh, most watched in the history of our great sport. Um, yeah, I've, I've just put that in as note because it's well, it's that fucking saying in it really. Yeah, it's all. Every time I see Greg, I see Greg's. Oh, for fuck's sake! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Greg still basic move uh, moves. Basic moves, macho flips, snapmare and strikes, a body slam in quick succession. But as he goes up top, Greg cuts off the axe handle. Countdown is on for the second hour now. Uh, that's the little explodey thing in the bottom right corner, if you don't remember last time. The explodey thing, uh, the dynamite. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I didn't want to say it because then I started thinking about AEW pay-per-views. And after the two have been down on the mat, Macho snaps up and dives off the top to deliver an elbow drop on Greg. Uh, the clock hits zero as the bell rings for yeah. Macho's win. The fireworks go off and Bischoff says, we're going to a break. <laughs> the winner in this one, Savage Vive, pinfall, five minutes and 19 seconds, and we're in hour two, in case you didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, you could have had five Savages in that ring and that match still wouldn't have been entertaining. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, Valentine, not a good wrestler. But I don't think anybody could say that he is a good wrestler. You know, I don't think anybody's said that, but, you know... Uh, he got I, through. He got through having a decent wrestling career, uh, but at this moment in time, 1996, man, it, it, it's just it, not there. He's packing, and I don't mean his dick. He's packing the sausage rolls. He's fucking huge here. Like, stop with the fucking sausage rolls and shit, man. Fuck. Fucking hell, you're going squeaky. You're killing me. You're going squeaky. You sound like Ric Flair right now. I told you, man. That's like you there game from last night. <laughs> it's it's proper brought me today. I gotta get you shit, but, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Back from the break, Bischoff cuts a personal promo. He says Nash didn't scare anybody and he rolls down the statistics of the man. He, he does put him over, to be fair, but it did seem a bit a bit cheesy, this. I'm not scared of you, all that sort of stuff. Mate, you, you look pretty scared of him, you know, and then yeah, yeah, that's every exact- time you think that they're behind you, you're sort of like, oh. Yeah, that's exactly what I put. Is like his fa- There's a, a slow zoom into his face to, to, for added drama. And everywhere he says, there's like glint in his eyes. It's good acting from Eric because you know yeah. he's supposed to act scared. You know he's supposed to say that he's not act scared, and he does it without moving. Yeah, he, he doesn't move his eyes. All he's doing is talking. He doesn't do anything. Doesn't change his expression. But the closer you get in, you see the fear in his eyes. You know, yeah, it, absolutely. If you could get Oscars for for wrestlers, and I don't mean the fucking Sammys guys. You know, if you gave Oscars for wrestlers, you'd fucking get one for that acting. Superb stuff. Yeah. Now, Bischoff's Bischoff's wearing like a, a sort of uh, how do you how do you describe it? Beige, like like a beige bright. Uh, b- excuse me, sorry, a beige blazer, if yeah. you like. Or he's wearing a beige top or something like that. And as it zooms in to this thing, I kind of got distracted from the promo. I know the gist, the general gist of what he was saying and everything like that. But fuck me, he reminded me of Benjamin from Wayne's World. Like, slicked her, it just, and Benjamin, he, he, he wears, like, a beige sort of blazer, a suit or something like that in one of the scenes in Wayne's World as well. Um, 
and I just, all I could see was Benjamin from Wayne's World, and I don't know why. Just, just really bizarre. I need to watch Wayne's World again, actually. I fucking love that film. Anyway, that's just my little, my little thing. I didn't even write that down. I just, it just popped in my head. Um, very, very good-looking blokes in the in the day. The pair of them. I think that's the reason why. Fucking just very Ken doll-like. Eric Bischoff is still a good-looking bloke. He is. He's just he just might have a little bit, little bit of a lazy eye these days. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But he, you know, it's like he, he's aged really, really well. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was a model when he was younger, so he, he obviously is, he's gonna he's going to age well, isn't he? Because all those fucking suckers do. <laughs> Enan says he's concerned, but Bischoff says security is everywhere, so you've nothing to be concerned about. And Bischoff's about to run down the rest of the show. Enan spots. I will say one on. thing. Throughout this, you know, Eric Bischoff is like, it's okay, it's fine, it's okay, we're safe, we're safe. Like, we don't see these two get on very well. You know, they're always yeah. bickering about something. But it, it, they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, one's like more, more playing like an even keel, but he's pro face. He doesn't like the heel antics, whereas the other one is all about the heel stuff and will defend them, you know, to to his grave and all that. And you just get this moment where two two guys who couldn't be more opposite, but you know that they're friends in storyline. They are friends, and the fact that they're getting along and Eric Bischoff is having to be the reassuring person here by saying it's okay, everything's going to be fine. Oh, it's like fucking hell. This is some of the most wholesome shit in wrestling. Yeah. Like, I really... I don't know why. It just... It, it actually hit me in the heart a little bit. Like, I mean, wow. This is really, really nice. Like, we don't see anything like this. You know... I did that element as well, didn't it? That yeah. That element of danger that somebody's coming in and they could fucking do anything. Yes. And you, you, they might have been bickering and everything like that, but they're actually united against this fucking enemy that's coming in. Yeah. So it adds to that element as well, I think. But I agree, yeah. Normally, it'd just be bickering and, and, you know, snappy back and forth and shit like that. But they've actually got, like, something in common here now, haven't they? And, and they're kind of bonding over it, if you like. Yeah. I, I so, he done spots. I, I don't know Nash. why I found it so wholesome. It just was, like... We, we, I mean, we've seen it with JR and Jerry Lawler at times as well, even though they're bickered. But, I don't know, it's because Brain is... He's always been a heel, no matter what. He's always been a heel. And you just get a sense of, like... Um, I don't, I don't know what the correct term. He's got like a a baby face quality to him here as well. Like, I don't know, just by being scared. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just think again, it was just that, that segment. It was just like really, really good acting from both of them. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and you can continue now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard recording uh, over a fucking over the internet, guys. <laughs> we can't see each other talk. It is. So Hall and Nash are walking down the steps on the tiers with uh, popcorn and drinks in hands, <laughs> looking for their seats to take, uh, which turn out to be next to a guardrail. So they've they've entered one of the tiers and they've come all the way down to all the way to the front. Yeah, whatever. Um, and they get massive cheers. They're getting fucking huge cheers here. Nash screams sarcastically, "We came to see the big boys!" while holding his ticket aloft. Hall offers everybody popcorn, including the camera, which I'm going to pretend is him offering popcorn to the people at home. Uh, and someone sticks their hand in it and takes some, and yeah. it's just all brilliant yeah, comedic that, timing. That, that's the thing. Scott Hall doesn't actually offer the fan. The fan just sticks his fucking hand in. <laughs> he just goes, yoink. <laughs> and, <laughs> Off the camera. And then Scott just turns around and like nods to him. Like, yeah, it's okay. 
<laughs> Doug Dillinger proceeds to check the tickets and they are kosher. Uh, he tells them to just fucking sit down. He doesn't say fucking, I said fucking, but he's he's very aggressive in his tone and he's just like, sit down here. So they, they just sort of, they oblige. They sit down with their drinks and their popcorn. Brain states he's concerned that they're right behind them and that they aren't just here to down popcorn and diet drinks. They're probably here to do damage. Probably to us. Uh, next up, well, they're here for the WCW World Heavyweight title match, aren't we all? The Giant versus John Tenter. Oh, Fuck. Oh, boy, the hits just keep on coming, don't they? <laughs> this week in the anyone can get a title shot for no reason tournament, it's John Tenter. Fuck it. Where's Alex Wright's fucking title shot here, WCW? Let's get this fucking shit straight. Yeah. I mean, the match itself is, is slow motion stuff. Uh, it always is. Giant's physique and strength, hugely impressive, but it's hard to watch matches like this because he's just so... Yeah, it, especially when it's somebody like Tenter as well. Yeah, um, uh, boring match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most the most interesting thing about this is his half haircut. Um, <laughs> and that's saying something, really. <laughs> yeah, a half drop kick type thing finally takes the giant off his feet after a little bit of uh, Tenter sort of thingy and whatever. Jimmy is up and gets thrown into the ring. Sullivan is down, distracts Tenter to allow Giant to take advantage, and we see a chalk slam to win it. The winner in this one is the Giant via pinfall. Six minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Six minutes and thirty-seven seconds. For fuck's sake, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The <sighs> only, my only takeaway of this is that the Giant is, as we know, seven foot tall, nearly five hundred pounds. He has Jimmy Hart helping him. He has Kevin Sullivan helping him. He has Big Bubba sort of helping him. He, he comes out and he does cause a distraction, but not in the, not in the in the same way that Sullivan and Jimmy Hart is. But I'm counting it as three people to help the yeah. fucking giant win. Like all yeah. the hard work that you put into the giant, you undo it by doing this. It's so yeah. illogical. Like I could, I I would have, I would have been fine. Boring match, but I would have been fine if he just won without interference. Mm. He doesn't need this. It's like. Every time you have somebody interfering, the giant becomes a leprechaun. You know, he's just getting lucky and he looks small. Yeah. Well, after the match, Bubba shaves half of Tenter's beard off because this angle isn't old at all. Bobby, though, says it's an improvement to uh, John Tenter's <laughs> face. So <laughs> that's the only good thing about this is it gives Bobby ammunition. <laughs> I mean... Got to give it that. God bless John Tenter. But he's really, really trying hard to, to get this over. I mean, he's still got the half haircut. Now he's going to be sporting a half beard. When he became the shark, he, he had his tattoo of the tiger covered up with a shark. I mean, fair fucks to the guy for trying to get his character over. But at this point, he's just trying to get any old shit over. Yeah. I mean, people... Yeah. Got, people TV time gets paid. People wax go recall by Eddie, Eddie Kingston on Sunday. I mean, watch this guy. Come on. Yeah. So Gene's uh, at the entranceway with this lot now. Jimmy says it's an example of what's going to happen at the Bash, uh, at the bash versus the Horseman. Uh, Bubba says we're going to have a roll of quarters on a pole match. Fucking hell. I, I didn't even know that existed. Is that what he said? Yeah, he did. Yeah, because yeah they it, called it a, it, a, a, a summit. He, he, he didn't say uh, a roll of quarters on a pole match. He said, and I quote, roll of quarters on a p- p- pole match. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. In a very southern draw again. He's really putting on that fucking accent. Yeah. Thick, isn't he? And on um, top of that, the captions 
had no idea what he said. So all <laughs> this was indistinct, Paul, indistinct. They couldn't even say match. I got match, but yeah. the, the, the catching guy clearly went, yeah, okay, indistinct. The yeah. go-to word, indistinct. As Giant, uh, sorry, as Gene is switching to the Giant, uh, he does name the match itself. They call it, they've called it a Chicago Quarters match or some shit like that. Um, yeah, just put a towel name gives, on it. And they're not even and named Chicago. Gives... <laughs> this is just the best bit, man. I, I mean, I, this is what I watch WCW for, really. So the Giant cuts a promo, and I've got to say that Giant's mic skills are getting way better. Like better as, as time passes, he's getting better on the microphone. Yes. Um, but... To turn around and say Big Bubba is going to shave your entire body. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't really need to. I don't need to say anything else, do I? Like Manscape would have a fucking field yeah, day with this yeah. if they were sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, fuck me. The last thing I want is like, okay, you know, I, I seriously want to know go the hair versus hair route because if that that has to be the stipulation. If Big Bubba wins, then fucking John Tenter's just going to, you know, pop out Little Tenter out and they're just like, yep, fucking <laughs> eat, you know, shave. Oh, we, we don't need to see that, this. The way that things are going right now, we am shaving each other's facial hair and actual head hair. You know, if they run out of hair, <laughs> it'd be fucking hilarious for WCW to turn around and say, right, it's a hair versus hair match. And they just look at each other and go, Oh, fuck. Her on the pole match, but there's no pole in the ring. The pole is the dick. The pole is the dick. <laughs> Damn, that's a big dick. Fuck. He <laughs> uh, does say as well, you're going to go to Daytona as four and you're going to leave as four indistinct. Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. Oh, before that, right? Before that. He says that the horsemen will be geldings. Now, do you know what geldings are? I have to ask you this. Now, I do. Uh, I do. It, it sounds like a fucking Lord of the Rings thing or something. Well, fucking hell, we've had the Lord of the Ring bloody ring going missing tonight, so you're not really... It's a good guess, but no, no. Geldings are... We're back with a fucking... <laughs> we're back with a dick here. Geldings are castrated animals. Oh my word! <laughs> what is right? What is a dungeon's obsession with dicks here? Dungeon of dicks. That's what they should be called. <laughs> Actually, don't call yourself that, guys. That that that's a oh, fucking, you know. that, that's a B-list porno right there. Fucking dungeon of dicks. Yeah, and I don't want to see the cast for it either. Uh, Sullivan next up on the fucking microphone here, and he just struggles like fuck. Oh, he always uh, does. This is the I think this is the second week now that he's struggled up fucking microphone. And the thing is, he's the cunt booking it. Yeah. If you can't fucking do it, don't put yourself on the fucking microphone. By the way, it makes on. it look like he's he's weary because Tenter is is coming too and he's getting back on his feet. So they they kind of do one, but the giant who's already walked out circles round and comes back, gets back on the microphone, and essentially has to rescue it for Sullivan. Um, he bigs up Sullivan by saying, you know, the blackness in his heart or in his soul or whatever, blah blah, fucking blah. It's all very odd. Um, oh, and by the way, fucking weird. By the way, he he, he actually does say the giant. He actually does say that the horseman, uh, um, something along the lines of that they, they're not they they won't be horses after Bash of the Beach, right? You do know that horsemen yeah. aren't fucking horses. 
They are they are people that ride horses. They're not fucking horses themselves. They're not what you um I can't remember what they fucking call them now. You know, uh, the half horse, half man. I can't remember. The name. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not googling it. I can't remember that. what they call them, but yeah. yeah, he seems to have got the impression that that's what they are. All you need to do is fucking look at them, and that it's clear. You know that that that, that maybe Sullivan is, but they're fucking not. <laughs> Uh, next up, we get a video package for Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, and then we're going to go into our main event, which is... We do get another Glacier promo, but blah. Right, um, I, I, I'm disappointed that you cut the Rey Mysterio package because... Did you skip that? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay, right. So I'm going to take the lead. Uh, you know, I'll just uh, shuffle my papers and all that. Because at this point, they, they do the Rey Mysterio promo, but it gets cut off because the outsiders have walked up they walked up to the ramp, and they're on the mic. Um, Scott Hall says that <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's just one big mess. They're actually just cracking jokes and all that. But um, Scott Hall says he's going up to get Donny Osmond. He's referring to Eric Bischoff. He calls Eric Bischoff Donny <laughs> Osmond. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but all they're doing is saying a lot of shit. Uh the crowd are shouting diesel, 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 and Eric Bischoff covers for it saying they are chanting weasel. So <laughs> who are they calling a weasel? Because there's only one weasel there, and that's Bobby the Brain Heenan, because that's yeah. one of his other nicknames, the weasel. So yeah. maybe that's what he was pointing to. Uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby says nothing about that. And <laughs> we just end up with uh, a bit of a skirmish where the the security tries dragging Nash and Hallway, and yeah. the... The, the other team come out and basically threaten them and all that. Macho Man goes a little bit crazy, uh, thre- uh, threatens to go after them. Lex Luger uh, is trying to calm them down, yada, yada, yada. That was pretty much it. It lost its steam pretty quick. However, it, you know, it just, you missed it. I didn't, so I have to talk about it. It does further set up everything that's going on on Sunday, which, fucking hell, about time they actually had some kind of decent confrontation on this show, because that's the only yeah. real decent setup for a bash at the beach we have on this episode, which is a yeah. shame, considering it is the fucking go-home episode. We're mm. back to the old tricks. We got we had one really good go-home ep- uh, episode for Great American Bash, and at bash at the beach, they go, oh, fuck it, can't be asked. Yeah, I mean, I have seen I have seen this segment multiple times. Um, I didn't realize it was on this show though. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I did. I skipped from the Rey Mysterio video package to actually to the eight man tag team match. Well, so I knew that all the entrances were going to take like fucking fifteen minutes as yeah. well. So I just skipped all the way through. Yeah. Well, so thank you for that, Brian. Yeah. Well, there's another segment after that. Me and Gene right. is with Jim Duggan for more incoherent babbling. That's what I Glad said. I That's that. not what I said. Because. Uh, uh, they're in the locker room at the locker room the locker room and Jim Duggan uh, says he found the Lord of the Ring whilst he was relieving himself which is an image oh. that we really do not need Mean Gene <laughs> acci- accidentally calls the Lord of the Ring the King of the Ring right <laughs> uh, uh, again have a nice off Gene because you, you, you're not on form here lad. you really ain't right so it, it Duggan's saying that he found the ring and he's really defensive about it. DDP comes out and confronts him. He throws the ring on the floor as DDP goes to pick it up. Duggan takes his fist and drops him. 
This man wow. is not a theist by any stretch of imagination. No, not at all. <laughs> he, he he just constantly does heal stuff. And by the way, it's abundantly clear that Jim Duggan did fucking steal it. He didn't find it on the bathroom floor whilst he was relieving himself. <laughs> yeah. End of segment. Oh, well, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> Didn't I? Just, yeah. <laughs> so the main event, eight-man tag team title. Tag team title match, yeah, they wish. Eight-man tag title. What am I saying title again? Eight-man tag team match. <laughs> the four horsemen who are Aaron Anderson, Chris Benoit, Ric Flair, and Steve Mongo McMichael versus Joe Gomez, the Renegade, the Rock and Roll Express, who are Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. I didn't write much about this, so I'm going to hand over to Brian again. I do have a couple of odd little bits I might interject with, but generally, whatever Brian has written about this is uh, going to be the yeah. word of the Nitrogen podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've written very little about this, guys. All I've thought, really, is that uh, I've named uh, the faces of this match Team Pick and Mix Express, because that is <laughs> one random collection of fucking characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that popped you. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, I had a bit of a drink last night when I was doing this as well, so that that did come. You fucking play. need it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, right? I, again, the, the things I, I I liked about this was just seeing the four horsemen come out as a collective unit for once, because we don't get to see that Rip Flair coming out to the horseman theme. It, it is a sight. It is a real good sight, and I do like it. Obviously, the yeah. horseman theme is just on Anderson's theme, but. That is soon to change. I'm pretty. I have heard the the remix of this this theme, which becomes the Horseman theme, and I, I much prefer it to be honest with you. Even though I love this theme, but it fits it better. It really does because this is just Orange theme. That's all I, I acknowledge it as. But again, great visual. But I wasn't really looking forward to this match, you know, because what we have the Horseman against fucking Grandma uh, Grandpa Simpson and Jasper with two green as fuck competitors and <laughs> the fucking power plant so it's not an entertaining match but anyway uh, I'll, this, this was a match Joe Gomez gets pounded throughout this uh, fucking out, uh, pounded <laughs> that, that's it he hots tags to Renegade who goes nuts but Mongo tries to hit him with a briefcase uh, he misses because he fucking throws it he drops it he goes to hit him in the leg, as um, I, I should have said this. Renegade goes up top. So I'll restart that bit. Renegade comes... He, oh, fucking hell, I'm gassed. There's a hot tight to me. <laughs> fucking hell. I'm going to start all this again. Uh, from Joe Gomez gets pounded throughout this. There's a hot tight to Renegade, who goes nuts. He goes up top, and Mongo tries to hit him with a briefcase, but fails because he drops it and completely misses Renegade's leg. But Renegade sells it anyway, because, as we know, if something goes wrong in wrestling now, you just go along with it, you know. He falls to the mat, figure four lock, taps immediately, match over. Dud finish to dud. what was a very dud match, because all this match was, was the Horseman pounding, Rene uh, pounding Renegade, pounding Gomez, that's it. You get... The Rock and Roll Express coming in for very, very brief skirmishes, but that is yeah. literally the match, and it goes on for about 12 minutes. Yeah, 11.51. Uh, yeah, so you're not far off. The um, the network guy had, uh, had a bit of a field day during this one, I noticed, uh, but the most reprehensible one is his spelling of Ric Flair. R-I-C-K. 
Oh. You work for the WWE. Oh. Why are you spelling one of the greatest wrestlers of all time name wrong? You right. fucking dickhead. Right. To, to his defense, we are talking about Ric Flair, who, when he introduced the big gold belt in NWA, the NWA who had that belt custom made for him, that spelt Rick with a K on the nameplate. So. That's their error. I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, one's an even bigger sin for me. True, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, still, fire that captain guy. Fucking right, you should. Right, you should. Um, Benoit, intense as hell during this as well. Uh, he was really fucking, really aggressive, especially with Gomez. Uh, talking smack all the time with him. Gomez remains in the ring, like, as you said, for a while, taking all the punishment. He, I think he did a fucking pretty decent job, oh, Gomez, no, no. to be honest. Not to, gl- not to gloss over what Gomez did. The, uh, mm. to, the mas- uh, Not to gloss over Gomez here. He actually does sell pretty well, but yeah, that, that that's all he's doing in this match. This is a match with Rock and Roll Express with two students of the power plant and the four horsemen have their merry way. This is a four horsemen book match. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Dave ran through this match and just said, you know what, Gomez, you, uh, you'll come in and we're just going to bully you. You'll get the hot, t- hot tag to Renegade, but we'll, you, we'll use our heel trickery to win the match. That that That's all they've discussed in this. And that's quite sad when there's fucking eight competitors in this match and it only feels like there are five. Well, uh, yeah, Gomez on that side is the best worker, isn't he, when you look at it? And I will say one thing, that Renegade wasn't too bad in this match either. When he actually did came in, he, he was firing, he did a couple of good moves, but unfortunately, yeah. he, he didn't get much chance to showcase it, you know, because yeah. straight away he goes up top. Mongrel tries to, well, take him out and fails, but Renegade's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just drop anyway. Who, who needs an audible? <laughs> The only other thing I've got for this is um, Heenan's lines. Uh, when he says that he likes Steve McMichael now, uh, Eric asks, uh, how quickly can you change opinions on a guy? <laughs> you used to hate him. He's like, no, I love him now. He's <laughs> brutally honest. He's like, yeah, he's on, yeah. He's on my team now. I like him. Bischoff also, uh, also drops in this one that uh, Kevin Green will be back in WCW in 19 weeks. I mean, that's very specific, but there you go. Basically, uh, said, when the NFL season finishes. Yeah. As you said, Orsman won this in 11.51, and uh, we're, we're, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, in terms of matches, there was one more match uh, that we didn't see on TV, and it was Randy Savage defeating Ric Flair uh, with the special referee being Bruno San Martino. Um, Why was that not on TV? I think it's something to do with Bruno San Martino. Oh, I think that's what it were. Uh, but having said that, Macho wrestled and Ric Flair wrestled, didn't they? So it's the same as last week, though. Ric Flair and Macho wrestled last week as well in a dark match, didn't they? So yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. Jeans uh, with the Horseman afterwards, who basically put over Benoit all the way through. Flair says, I did like this, I've got to be honest. Flair says, you have a Rolls, a Bentley, and a Mercedes 600, referencing the women, circling the wagons, who were the men. Uh, and I did. I thought. I thought that was really fucking. That's just a a really descriptive way of fucking. Um, I don't know. Just fucking great. I liked it. And Giant is watching this in the back, going, "Oh fuck the wagons! I thought they were horses." <laughs> There's more indistinct when you can hear what Fleur is actually saying. Uh, you can't hear it clearly, but you can make out what it is. I mean, 
you know it's a different accent to us and we still fucking know what he's saying but the the caption guy he's had enough of this WCW Nitro and he's just going to put indistinct for everything at, this, at the end of this episode Bash, Bischoff plugs the bash again and taunts the outsiders too backstage we see the outsiders have been cornered by police I don't like your rods say the captions whereas Kevin Nash is clearly saying I don't like your odds they escort them to the car which is a convertible Ferrari I believe uh, and one of the officers actually grows a set of balls and tries to make a name for himself by squaring up to Kevin Nash, who is at this point like seven foot two. Um, it tells him to get in the car and leave. Nash says, it takes time. I have bad knees. In a joke that's aged fantastically well in 2021. I fucking missed and, that. <laughs> and they zoom out of here just as we're um, about 2-2. The rating for this one is 3.3 versus Raw's 2.6. And I want to, I want to know... Because you said at the outset that you didn't you didn't think this was all that, so I'm intrigued to see what you've given it. Right, I gave it a one point five. You fucking hell! Right, <laughs> and I know some people are gonna say, and you're probably believing this as well. There's been worse nitros, right? And standalone episodes, there probably has, but those were one hour shows. They got one yeah. hour to fill. This was a two hour show, and it was. It was a combination of it being a go-home show and not feeling like a go-home show and being yeah. filled with fill- uh, filler for the second filler where you could have... I mean, I-, I was thinking about this last night after watching it. You could have had uh, had um, Disco Inferno against Sting in a very quick match and it would have been decent and it would have done the exact same thing because we don't need to see Disco win. We don't. It's not his character. He's, his character is... He's, he's a guy that likes to dance and he gets distracted and he often loses. But he's got a match yeah. on Sunday. You could have still done the exact same thing. You know, he could have lost or, or he, he could have got disqualified or, or what have you. But we could have had a, a fairly decent match by just doing that. You could have had Randy Savage against pretty much anybody on the roster. You could have had him against Alex Wright just for the sake of it. You could have had him against Eddie Guerrero for the sake of it. If you just wanted a quick exhibition match. Or if, if he had to be a heel... You could have had him against against pretty much anybody, and it would have been better than the fucking shit that we had. Do we even yeah. need to see the horseman against the Rock and Roll Express, Joe Gomez, and the Renegade? Nobody cares about the fucking payoff from the attack a few weeks ago. Literally, no one fucking cares about that. You know that actually? How long ago was that? That was before Bash at the Beach. Yeah, uh, well, uh, uh, Great, Great American, American Bash. Bash yeah. It's all bashes, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Great American yeah. Bash. You could have had. You could have had the horseman against the collective of other people, and it would have been a decent match. You know, I mean, DDP, he he did his job against Scotty Riggs, and it wasn't all that bad. It just wasn't spectacular. So you can get a get a pass for that one. But so I, I just looked at the show, and like it's all filler. Yeah, you're supposed to be heading in for a pay per view. You're supposed to get me psyched for a pay per view here, and you just gave me bad match after bad match after bad match. And it's not like, oh yeah, because it's because the workers are bad. These matches weren't built to be good matches. No. It's simple as that. You could have done a lot better. You could have had a bad worker against a good worker. I mean, okay, you had a bad worker against a good worker with fucking Valentine and Savage. As I said earlier, Savage couldn't pull a good match out of, that, out of Greg Valentine. Not at that stage. You could have put him against VK Wall Street and it would have been marginally better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was just such a bad badly but sure and then you add the 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 things that just made no sense like the end of the giant match (laughs) you know like it it just all this just left a really bad taste in my mouth 
Yeah. And so yeah. It's furthering storylines, isn't it? But it's story it's really cheesy poor storylines. Yeah. The Lord of the Ring ring. Yeah. It, and the the her versus fucking goatee thing. And I know they've got matches coming up at the pay per view, but you could like I said, you could just put them in with better performance. Just have better matches, better booked matches. Yeah. You know, two hours of that. Well, an hour and a half on the network, but you know, a two hour show and you couldn't do any better than that. That is that is a sin. That is the worst nitro I have seen so far because of that. I can't disagree with you. I know you said that, you know, I, I might be of, of the opinion that there's been worse ones out there. I don't think there has been no, worse ones out maybe, there. When may, you, like, maybe when you, it's one hour when shows. You put it that way. Maybe one yeah. hour shows, yes. You know, if you're going to just look at standalone episodes, yes, but you've got to take into account they've got more time to fill and they don't fill it. Yeah. It's hard to even call that filler. Filler can be good, but it's like they just, like, they just didn't try. And it's a shame because there was a lot going on in this show that was quite entertaining, that weren't in the ring. You know, the, the stuff with the, uh, with the outsiders was good enough. Yeah. That, that was good. I don't want to, like... Oh look, that they were just like little snippets of good material, just wrapped in a a ball of shit. Well, up to this point, it's going to change. So uh, the WWF results, just quickly, I'll run through. Uh, WWF World Champion open the show. WWF World Champion Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario defeated Marty Jannetty, who came out with Leave Cassidy and Jim Cornette. <laughs> Jose Lothario. <laughs> Jose Lothario. Um, Mankind defeated Duke Drozzi uh, via submission, and Gold Dust with Marlena defeated Mike Murrow with Sable, and that that rounds that up. Um, Obviously, going into Bash at the Beach now, we may as well tell you what the card is because, you know, that was the final Nitro. And whilst we have overlooked uh, a couple of times in, in this Nitro, it did say uh, that matches had been announced. So the card will be, and as I said, this is a watch along, so you can join us next week for this. It will drop on Saturday, the 20th of March. The singles match of Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. is what uh, opens the pay-per-view. The Carson City Silver Dollar match is John Tenter versus Big Bubba. The Lord of the Ring tape fist match. Well, you know who's in that. Dog collar chain match. Uh, double dog collar tag team chain match. The Nasty Boys versus the Public Enemy. Uh, the WCW World Cruiserweight title match is Dimalenko, who's the champion, putting it up against Disco Inferno. A singles match of Steve McMichael with Deborah McMichael versus Joe Gomez. Uh, United States heavyweight title match. Conan, who's the champion, versus Ric Flair with Miss Elizabeth and Woman. We all know who's coming out of that one, the champion, don't we? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the tag team match of Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit representing the Four Horsemen versus Kevin Sullivan and the Giant representing the Dungeon of Dicks and the six man tag main event The Outsiders and a Mystery Man versus Lux Luger Randy Savage and Sting and that'll go down in Daytona Bleach, for- Bleach? Daytona Beach Florida um yeah, I'm. There's some. There's some really iffy fucking matches in there, but it's going to make for good audio content. I hope, and obviously this is where the, the tide changes, and we get some good fucking TV finally. Yeah, thank God because it's long overdue. Yeah, it Not, is. <laughs> like, like I said, I've been for the most part, I've been enjoying the Nitros, but they have their walls as well. Yeah, and, yeah, it's very up and down. Yeah, and uh, fucking no more walls than this bloody Nitro. <laughs> But yeah, well, thanks very much to everybody for sticking with us. Uh, we obviously know that the first 40 minutes of this was recapping everything that was happening in, in the wrestling world at this moment in time. Um, 
join us. As I've just said, join us next Saturday. That'll be the Watch Along for Bash at the Beach 1996. That's going to be the one. It changes the game. It changes the wrestling world forever, and we're going to be covering it next week. It drops on Saturday. It usually drops in the evening around 7 or 8 o'clock. Check us out. That's UK time, by the way, so it'll probably be about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in, in America. Check it out. It's going to be great. We're going to have Beth with us. It's going to be... Our th- She's the third man. She's the third man. You can join. Yeah, you can join us on that. And obviously, the week after that, we're going to have a nitro as well. So you're going to have three weeks of, uh, of content here. Uh, you can always join the conversation on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook at Nitro Gencast. The website is going to go live on our anniversary date, which is March 26, 2000, and well, 2021, obviously. <laughs> So joining the conversation, you can always come back to us with feedback. And this has been brought to you by Promotion Wars. The game, if you've not played it yet, you need to fucking play it. I'm being serious, man. You've got over 1,900 wrestlers, 280 match types. You've got all the promotions on there. You've got packs you can download to go back to the Monday Night Wars. You've got packs you can download to go to the brand splits. You've got all kinds of stuff that you can do on this game. And they sponsor this podcast. And we appreciate their time and effort because they've been promoting us as well. And from me, Marvellous Mark Ashworth, I'm absolutely knackered. I need to go to bed. And from Bodacious Brian Bradshaw over there. Drip the light from dusty See you again for another episode of the Nitrogen Podcast. Watch along next week. <laughs> <laughs>